Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck always gets first request. A little Marvin Gaye off the uh, Let's Get It On album. 404-741-0929. That's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text on the part of the show. By the way, too, and I'm forgetting to mention this, we got Rankum coming up at 1040. It is Tuesday night. Day Day is here. So we got Rankum coming up. We couldn't do Rankum last week when I had Garrett on because he just didn't really know how to, he doesn't know how to do it. So unfortunately. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, again, I have to always like, I always have to wait for that corner desk out there to see who's going to sit <laughs> there. Who's going to sit yeah, down. Yeah, that will tell me who's going to produce for that. They need the to start way. putting like a, a curtain up. Yeah. And you just, it just pulls down. Drum like roll, pull yeah, it down. <laughs> we just basically do like, uh, let's make a deal, right? I have yeah. to pick which door for the rotating, you know, group of of uh, producers and uh, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so we got data here. We'll do rank them coming up at 1040. Odyssey app, so you catch us on the go. Social media is at 9 to on the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. You can hit me up there if you got a rank them list as well. Um Want to mention Braves are up two to one right now on Washington. Morton got five and a third with three hits and a run, nine strikeouts in five and a third, 92 pitches. McHugh and now Minter in uh, to handle their business. One thing I want to mention is Harris did get a steal tonight. So Michael Harris is one for two, but he stole a base. Now, I only bring that up because, you know, he's very likely going to be a 2020 guy this year. He's got 18 homers, 18 are 18 steals, 18 homers right now. He's most likely going to be a 2020 guy. How about that for a rookie year? That's why I say, I, I'm, and I'm telling you honestly, there's not an argument. Listen to how I phrase this. There is not an argument to be had as to why one of those guys should end up second in the rookie of the year voting. And and look, I know we just played the interview with Bob Nightingale. 200 strikeouts in 130 innings is 200 strikeouts in 130 innings. Ain't nobody else in the league doing that. You, you, you know, even in today's baseball world where strikeouts are acceptable, 200 strikeouts in 130 innings, that's an absurd total. That's an absurd amount. So I, I really am going to be fascinated as to how this vote goes. And it's going to be a shame that one of these guys has to finish second. It's going to be unfair that one of these guys has to finish second. Now, maybe we'll get really lucky in the voting and it'll split. Because it they split it once in the American League and they split it once in the National League. So since the 1950s, it's the award has only been split one time in each league. So we'll see what happens. You know, obviously, Kimbrell beat uh, Freddie Freeman out in 2011 for the award. But those two guys both should be the co-rookies of the year. They've done it with MVP and everything before. I would love to see a way to come up with allowing both of those guys to win it. So we'll see what happens. Braves are up 2-1 to one right now. Minter is uh, mowing his way down uh, here through this uh, eighth inning. And then, again, guess who's going to come out in the ninth? The guy everybody keeps trying to replace, Kenley Jansen. He's been your closer. He's still your closer. I mean, they're not going to – I've said this all along. Snicker's not going to change that. There is no other role for Kenley Jansen. 
either he closes games or he doesn't pitch. He doesn't have another role. He's not a setup guy. He's not a situational guy. He comes in in the ninth inning when there's a lead, and he closes it out. Yeah, the blown saves and everything. Guess what? Everybody's got blown saves in baseball today. There are very few guys who can, who you know, other than Corbin Burns, or not Corbin Burns, um, Josh Hader, other than Josh Hader, who's the only guy even close to Dennis Eckersley in 1992. Everybody's got a handful of blown saves. Everybody. So, anyway, um, we'll see what, uh, what happens here. But um, Braves hold on right now to a 2-1 lead and uh, uh, two outs right now in the eighth inning. All right, let's get to something we call our college football roundup. It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. You know, we talk all the time about tradition going away in college football, right? There is no more tradition anymore. Well, here's going to be another one. Um, The latest series that's going to go away, Bedlam. So no longer is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State going to play one another as Oklahoma gets ready to head to the SEC. And this happened with A&M. When A&M went to the SEC, they quit playing the game against Texas on Thanksgiving Sometimes that game was on Thanksgiving night, if you remember. They played that game on Thursday night. So that rivalry ran away. That was forever today, AM versus Texas. That goes back to the old Southwest Conference days for those two teams. Now Bedlam is going to go away as both athletic directors confirm that it's going to be out the window as they get into conference realignment. It's a shame because... No matter what the rivalry's been, Oklahoma State of late has really owned this rivalry. But again, Oklahoma's owned it at times, too. This is obviously one of the great rivalries you expect to see in college football when there isn't a whole lot of those games left, right? There aren't. There aren't a whole crap ton of those games left in college football. And I mean like true rivalries, not made-up rivalries and stuff like that. True rivalries... Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, you know, and uh, Auburn. USC, UCLA. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, you know, Army, Navy. I mean, there's just not a lot of those kinds of games left in Mm -hmm. college football. So it's sad and unfortunate, but Bedlam's going to go away. But this is part of realignment and and everything else uh, for all of it. All right. Um Georgia has expanded its lead even more. They are up to now 59 first-place votes, three uh, for Alabama, one for Ohio State in the latest AP Top 25. Look, and I'm going to discuss this with Mike Griffith on Saturday because I can't wait to bust his agates about this. I I don't know. Maybe Georgia's defense, because they haven't been tested yet, isn't better than last year. If their defense isn't as good as last year, their offense is better than it was last year. I can tell you that. Their offense is better. And Stetson Bennett is better this year. He is legitimately better. Too many people are talking about him for the Heisman for him to have not been better. So if they give anything back on defense, their offense is even better this year. And they're up over into that 40-game threshold. They have averaged, I think it's 44 points a game and given up three. And they gave up that junk touchdown to 
South Carolina, the first touchdown scored against them this year. And go look at Georgia's schedule. With all due respect, ain't nobody on that schedule right now. Maybe Kentucky will be a fun game for a little bit. Ain't nobody going to challenge Georgia. They're going to throttle Kent State this weekend. They're going to clobber Missouri. They're going to they're gonna thump Auburn, who was awful. Brian Harson's about to get fired, too. Vanderbilt's going to get rolled. With all due respect to Florida, they ain't looked the same. They should have lost to South Florida over the weekend. Tennessee's got a great offense. Let's see what their offense looks like against Georgia's defense. Mississippi State called that game. I said LSU would win that game. They ain't going to slow down Georgia. Kentucky ain't going to slow down Georgia. And anybody think that Georgia Tech's going to slow down Georgia? Not going to happen. Georgia is even more of the best team in America this year than they were last year. The gap between them and Alabama is bigger than it was at any point last year. So anybody who thinks that Kirby's smart, taking a step back, hangover, not a chance. And, and I understand the level of competition, but everybody's always looking for a reason for Georgia to lose. They ain't losing anymore. They ain't losing. And they'll be 12-0 when they line up most likely against Alabama in the SEC title game. And I don't think they're going to lose the SEC title game this year. I think they're going to win the SEC title game, and I think they're going to be the number one overall seed in the playoff. And, you know, we'll see who they play from there. But this Georgia team is playing at a different level right now. Now, by the way, the big winners, Tennessee moved up to number 11 in the AP poll. NC State moved up to 12. Penn State moved up to 14 after they clobbered um, Auburn. And Oregon moved way up after their win against. And this is what I was asking Chris Vanini. I don't think there's, I think right now it's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State and everybody else. And there are good teams. Michigan's a good team. But they've had quarterback issues this year. They're outstanding running the football. They're starting to pick their defense up, get some sacks. Clemson's defense is fantastic. Their offense leaves a lot to be desired. Oklahoma's still trying to figure some things out. Southern Cal is finally starting to run the football. They're finally starting to actually act like they're Southern Cal again. And obviously, Caleb Williams, the Jordan Addison, has been fantastic. But Kentucky, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Tennessee, NC State, Utah, none of those teams are in the class of Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama, obviously. How State figured out their offense last weekend. They may not quite be there yet, but Jackson Smith and Jigba healthy is a problem. Travion Henderson, they get him back. He's a problem. And their backup running back was outstanding last week. I get that it's Toledo, but that's how Stroud and Smith and Jigba and Igbuka and Marvin Harrison Jr., who's been outstanding. Yeah, he was he is amazing out- in he's, that game Saturday. He's been outstanding yeah. the last two weeks. He was yeah. outstanding against Arkansas State. A couple weeks ago, he was outstanding against Toledo. Yeah, I think it was what it was. Was that the first touchdown catch he had with yep. the tiptoe? Oh my gosh! Yep, man. Yep, on that rollout, yeah. on that rollout by Stroud, who couldn't have thrown it in a better spot. Yeah. yeah, on the side of the end zone there, and he again. Yeah, he just look, he looks great. I, I, I said it before the season started. The best positional group in America is the Ohio State wide receivers. Yeah, I'd agree. That's the best positional yeah. group in America. There's not a group better. And listen. It's going to be really fun for all these teams because Georgia is, again, if Georgia could just get some sacks, their defense would be untouchable. That's the only thing they haven't done very well is is sack the quarterback, believe it or not. After an outstanding year last year, that's the only thing they have not done a great job of this year, sacking the quarterback. So, again, um, if 
they ain't the best defense, you know, as as close to last year. I don't know what to tell you. Herm Edwards out at Arizona State. You talk about a perfect storm, right? Investigation in the program, one and two start. And you could see their AD and everybody just kind of at a point where, you know, unfortunately enough is enough. And, you know, look, Herm's done some good things there. I like Herm Edwards. I thought he did a good job. But, you know, he's like 26 and 20 at, at Arizona State. But you add an NCAA investigation in the middle of all this and you're not playing good football, you make it easy you know, for you make it easy for you know an AD to make. Yeah, you that put the move. target on your back. Yeah, and, and look, remember Jane Jane Daniels are quarterbacks at LSU now. Mm-hmm. So you've lost kids in the portal. You're not playing well. You just lost the Eastern Michigan, mm-hmm. who's been really honestly of the 130 FBS teams in America. Eastern Michigan's been 128, 129, 130 right. over the last decade. Right. Dansby goes yard, by the way, now 3-1. to one. So, uh, again, I don't see how anybody's going to beat Georgia, but, you know, um, I think the top has really separated itself in college football. All right, when we come back, some Falcons thoughts as we look back to what we saw on Sunday. Chuck in the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game, honestly.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at the John Chuckery Show, hanging out at the Key Studios. Brown Liquor Music Hour rolling right along. We're headed toward the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Hey, uh, Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi host the First and Pod podcast where they get you ready for all the action uh, week three coming up here in the uh, NFL. New episodes drop every Monday and Friday, free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from, 404 Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Don't forget, Rankum is coming up in 20 minutes, so hit us up with a list for Rankum. Um, at 9 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316 on Twitter. You can hit me up with a Rankum list there as well. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow night. We're going to start an hour later because we have some special broadcast or something. The I'm Listening is on. I think it's on from 6 to 8, isn't it? I'm from six to yeah, eight. Six eight, to eight. Yep. Yeah, two six hour, to eight. Yeah, two-hour, two-hour so, show, yeah. So we'll be on at 8 o'clock uh, tomorrow. we got a busy show tomorrow, um, especially. So busier in a one-armed paper hanger, as Jim Ross, uh, or not. Well, actually, Conrad would say would say all of that. Um, all right, couple things here. Let's update here. Braves are up 3-1 to one right now. Uh, Dansby homered. So Braves are up 3-1 to one right now. So the Mets were down... Three nothing, or sorry, the Mets were down uh, four to nothing after five innings. They got three in the sixth, so they were down four to three in the seventh. 
and then Lindor hit a grand slam. They are up seven to four. So Lindor, Lindor hit his twenty fifth homer. By the way, anybody still trying to sell me on Lindor's not had a big year? He's at twenty five homers and ninety nine RBI. Is that good for a shortstop? Somebody tried to sell me this the other day that shortstop is a barren wasteland offensively, huh? What? Dansby Lindor. Uh, Tim Anderson's had the Tim Anderson for the last three years has the highest batting average of any player in Major League Baseball. He's shortstop. How about Bichette? What's he done in Toronto? He's a twenty and hundred guy up there. More than half the league is above average, capable offensive shortstops. That's not a barren wasteland in my book. Dansby's going to get paid, by the way. Dansby's now up to what twenty one homers and. 88 RBI. He's pushing toward 25 and 100 at shortstop and should win the gold glove, by the way. Should be a gold glove winner this year. But anyway. All right, Falcons. Look, there are plenty of good things to take from the Falcons. But again, it's it's a results business, right? Here's what I'll say about the Falcons as we move along. This Sunday is a very winnable game. Seattle's not a great team. They average 12 points a game. I understand their home environment, but there's no Legion of Boom, no Russell Wilson, no Marshawn Lynch. They're a very beatable team there with Geno Smith at quarterback. I'm not guaranteeing we're going to win, but we can win this game. And I think it's important for the Falcons to win this game on Sunday because the idea of coming back home 0-3 and you're coming home to play the Browns, who are immensely more talented than the Falcons are. Yeah, I get that the Jets just beat the Browns, but the Falcons are not more talented than the Browns. And Deshaun Watson's not making his hero's return to Atlanta to play in that game. So you're going to have to rally your fans with an 0-3 football team in a game that they're not going to be favored in to come home and try to do something. And we know how bad the Falcons have been at home. That's why I think this is an important game for the Falcons on Sunday. And say what you will, I I know that statistically there's not a big difference between 0-3 and 1-2. It's the perception. It's the idea of what this team could be. You have to give your fans some hope. And while I understand that this season is not going to be measured on wins and losses. I get that. But I can tell you this, if for whatever reason the Falcons between this year and next year went through a 1-24 and stretch, one loss-wise, Arthur Smith won't be the head coach much longer. He just won't. Yeah, there comes a point where you have to make changes, right? And this is the scary part. Day-Day, do you remember when the Lions went that 0-16 year? Yeah, that okay. was, what, three seasons ago, three, four seasons they went, ago? Do yeah. you know that they went through four coaches in a four – so four coaches in a five-year period mm-hmm. when they when they had bottomed out like that? Yeah. Remember when the Browns had a winless season? Yep. They went through four coaches in four years. Mm. An owner's mm. not going to sit by with an 0-17 and just say, good luck to you. Right. You, you know – You'll get a chance to go into the next season, but if if you 0-17 one year and you start off 1-4, 1-5 the next year, 
Your head coach is not going to be around. And, and I'm not wor- I don't think the Falcons are going to be that. I'm just saying you have to win some games at some point. It may not be measured. Success may not be defined by your one loss, but you have to win games. It is the NFL. You, you have to win some games. And Sunday is a perfect opportunity because you let one go in week one. I'm not as mad about week two because you played about as bad a first half as you can play in the NFL. And then you had a flurious comeback in the second half, but too much to overcome from, from what you did in the first half. Braves, by the way, are trying to – see, there's another play by Matt Olson. Picks up the grounder and muffed it. Wonder if he got an error on that play. Can I tell you, it's been a rough September for Matt Olson. I think he got another error on that uh, play. Uh, nope, he didn't get an error on that play. I think they, 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 had to, they have to give him an error on that play. If they give an error on that play, that's the third error of the game for, for the Braves. We'll see if they score that an error or not. But anyway – so there's a lot of good things to take out of what the Falcons did. I still think they ran the football effectively. We got to see Tyler Algier, 10 carries for 30 yards. That's not a terrible number. Mariota can't make a play to save his life when the game really matters most. Drake London got a ton of targets. I'm not mad at Kyle Pitts' lack of targets. Just get him the ball in the red zone. That's where I, that's got to change. The red zone targeting has got to change. Yeah, let him put that big body, put somebody on yep. his hip. And just because guess work. what? He ain't the only unicorn in the NFL. He right. ain't the only guy getting double teamed down low. Yep. And if they double team him in the red zone, that means Drake London's got going to have 50 touchdowns this year. Yeah. Because you can't have it both ways. So, and by the way, red zone target that's on Arthur Smith, that's on Marcus Mariota, and that's on Kyle Pitts. All three of those guys have to be better at what they're doing in the red zone to make it happen. But I think it's important for the Falcons to find a win on Sunday and give your fan base some hope. This team, the last three years in one game, is 7-18 and 18 at home. 7-18 and 18 on your home field. One of those wins was in London. You've only won six games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium since the end of the 2018 season. Six games in your home stadium. That's not enough. And you have to, and look, it's not so much about, listen, the coach may not be evaluated this year on something, but your owner is not going to sit by for an empty building every week and and put that product on TV and have everybody laughing. The owner's not going to live with all that. You have to give your fans some hope and some idea that they're going to at least find a way to get some victories and show how to win. Remember, we're trying to change the culture. Cool. Win on Sunday. That's a start. But if you lose again at 0-3, how are you going to sell your fan base to show up in droves on Sunday? I know it's the NFL. I know it's a limited product. Brother, I've been to enough 1 o'clock in the afternoon games on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz and the Georgia Dome in my life to tell you that. People are not going to rally behind the Falcons if they're stinking it up. Even if they've come close, but they can't win because it gets into same old Falcons. Same old, same old is the is the thing that gets tossed around by all of it. So Sunday to me becomes very much important. Not because it's going to dictate how your season goes. Not because it's going to put us back in the playoff hunt or anything like that. 
Sunday is about setting yourself up the following week to give your fan base something to believe in and to show the world that you can win a football game. Because 0-3 with this schedule can turn into 0-5, and 0-7, 0-9, and now you're just now, – now you are. And by the way, that ain't as simple a fix as we got free agent money. Because let me tell you what's not going to happen. Top flight free agents aren't coming to a two-win team. Everybody has some amount of money. Even the teams that tell you they don't have money. How'd the Saints find Tyron Matthew and all those guys? They found money. We found money, right? Remember when we didn't have any cap space this year right. with $60 million? Yeah. Okay, they just freed up another $6 million with Deion Jones. Deion, yep. So they've and, and they found a way to free up cap money even with $60 million dead dollars. So the idea that our cap space means anything, as I've tried to tell you this for eight months now, is it, it's, it doesn't mean anything. Top flight free agents, the best free agents in the NFL, are not coming to a two-win franchise. They're not. Well, you can overpay them. No, you can't. You still, you still, have, you still have a number that you're going to meet on all of it. You can overpay them a little bit. But if a team has got close to the same money and they're a better franchise, that guy will go to that franchise. You, you, you won't buy your way in the NFL. That's been tried and, and failed. You draft your team and you draft your guys. You know, so, again, I think the offensive line has played well. And I'll say this, and this is what I said earlier in the show. If they're 0-3 coming back here in week four to play the Browns, might be time to think about Desmond Ritter, quarterback. Because Marcus Mariota so far in the first two games, while he's not been the reason that you've lost, he's also not made a play to help you win. He's not done enough to help you win either game. And at that point, if you're 0-3 coming back home in a game that you're not going to be expected to win either at, you know, against the Cleveland Browns, and at least your offensive line and running game have showed some competency, then you might as well at that point give a shot to your rookie quarterback. Because that's the thing I've looked for. I want to see if our offense – the reason I don't want to start Ritter week one is because I didn't trust our offensive line. Okay, well, we've done some good things on our offensive line. And we've shown that we have some competency in the running game. Certainly better than we have the last few years. Okay? If that formula can hold up this week, and even if you lose, then I think it's time to start having the conversation about, okay, let's see what my quarterback's got. Let's start to see him. Because 0-3 ain't going anywhere with Marcus Mariota. You ain't selling anybody hope and change at 0-3 and Mariota comes back against the Browns. What's he going to do with Clowney and Garrett? So essentially, you still be looking at Ritter possibly game five. Uh, game four. Game. I'm talking about. I'm talking well, about no, game. I'm saying even if they. Well, let me rephrase that. Even if they win Sunday, you'd still be looking at a potential game five start. I, I, if for Ritter. they win Sunday, then I'll continue to play Mariota. Okay. I'll continue to play Mariota, but. You're not going to rally your fan base at 0-3 and, and Marcus Mariota continues to be court, court your quarterback. You're just not. I mean, you're already not a playoff team, but 0-3, that has a way of spiraling out of control very quickly. Right. And again, you know, I haven't looked at the whole Falcon schedule, but Cleveland and then... Um, Is it San Francisco? 
is it the four? Yeah, uh, uh, Browns. Ba 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 ba. No, they're at Tampa Bay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So you get the mm. Browns next Sunday. You get the Browns the following Sunday, and then you go to Tampa Bay. Okay. How are they playing? Yeah. So you're looking at potentially. Poof. Well, you don't win on Sunday. You could be zero and five, zero and six, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, and then zero and two in the division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How's Tampa Bay playing? Oh yeah, they're looking pretty good. Okay. Who's their quarterback? Uh, some guy they call the goat. No. <laughs> he's about to throw. Have you seen? By the way, he's about to hit ninety thousand yeah. passing yards. Ninety. Yeah, that's crazy. Thousand passing yards. Yeah, we'll never see anybody do what he's done. Whew. All right, rank them when we come back. Hit us up four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine at JMCH three one six Sports right now to the game Odyssey.com app. Every day the sun comes up around her. She can make the birds sing harmony. Back with you on Sports Radio, Night of the Game. John Chuck Show live in the Key Studios. Head to the top down, JR Sports Brief. Brown Liquor Music Hour rolling right along. Uh, you bet you by golly wow that the Braves found a way to win. Um, Day Day, just for craps and giggles, by the way, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey website, catch on the go. Social media, Night of the Game, at JMCH316. Matt Olson did get an error on that play he in the did. ninth inning. Yeah, I was going to say it had to be an error. So that is now, he just set tonight then, that is his career high in errors for a season. That's his ninth error this season. That is now a career high in a season for Matt Olson with nine errors. His defensive war rating, so his defensive war mm-hmm. rating coming into the game was a minus .3. So mm-hmm. basically he's been a below average defender. This year. So, is what it is uh, at this point. So, um, let's just hope his bat gets cranked up and he can get some things going uh, out there. He was uh, one for four with a run scored uh, tonight. So, hopefully he gets things going after he had a couple of hits last night. All right, used to have a little fun on the weekends. Pick Hugh's brain, pick Randy's brain, learn a little bit more about the guys. Sometimes they gave them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we call this segment Rank Them. Got to let that ride a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, JC. So, uh, top of the show, earlier in the show, we were you were talking to uh, Bob Nightingale about, you know, MVP and, you know, Strider and Harris and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, why don't you to rank these uh, awards that you would, if you could, uh, you know, be a writer, a voter on, rank them in the order of your favorite that you think you'd want to vote for. MLB uh, MVP. NBA MVP, the Heisman, NFL MVP. Uh, Heisman won. I like to vote in the Heisman. Um, Heisman won, MLB MVP two. You said NBA MVP, and what was the other and one? And then NFL. 
Give me the NFL MVP. I care less about the NBA MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Let me have the Heisman and Major League Baseball MVP. That's that's the first two, and then I'll vote in the NFL MVP as well. Gotcha. I'll I- leave the I'll leave the <laughs> M- NBA one to you. You can have that. One. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of NBA, uh, in that list they put out earlier. Rank if these top these four players in the top four of that if this if they were active. Kobe Bryant, Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, Michael would be number one. Um, I still think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the more underrated players. Yeah. I know it's crazy to say that, but I, I just don't think that Kareem gets a lot of love. I'm gonna put him mm-hmm. two. I'm going to put Russell three, and I'm going to put Kobe Bryant four. Kobe Bean. I know that's going to be sacrilege, but I'm going <laughs> to do that. Uh, from our buddy Rusty on the text line, rank these touchdown celebrations. Spiking the ball, handing the ball to the ref, dunking the ball over the goalpost, or chunking the ball in the stands. Well, I go dunking over the goalpost, number one. Yeah. I think throwing – it used to be in the old days that throwing the ball up into the stands – was a fine. You had to pay for right. the football. I think you still do. Okay. I think you still do. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go throwing it up in the stands because I still think that's pretty cool. Spiking it three and then f handing it to the ref. I'm celebrating. If I scored an NFL touchdown, f everybody else. I'm gonna celebrate like crazy. <laughs> All right. Um, so I saw over the weekend uh, some dessert restaurant. I, I can't remember the name of it, but. Like they have these specialty milkshakes, okay. And I mean, basically, it looks good as all get out. It looks good as hell. Sure, it's but not uh, uh, cookout. No, no, it definitely wasn't cookout. Uh, and whatever it was, they were celebrating the fact that they opened a second location. But okay. I mean, these look like if you ate one of these, if you're like a, a person that tries to count calories and watch your sweets, yeah, you, you ate one of the these, year. you ain't, you're done. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So uh, it got me to thinking, what are some of your favorite uh, desserts there? Milkshakes. Banana splits, a sundae, or just a good old-fashioned ice cream on a cone? Uh, give me the banana split, number one. Yes, that's my favorite. Um, give me a sundae, number two. Okay. Chocolate or strawberry or caramel? What kind of sundae? Peanut butter, <laughs> uh, hot fudge, okay. uh, caramel, okay. everything. Um, <laughs> give me, actually, give me the ice cream cone, because let me tell you, uh-huh. just a simple $1 ice cream cone at Quick Trip is yeah. very, very yeah. underrated. Yep. And then I'll take the milkshake for because, again, I love cookout milkshakes, but they're so thick that you can spoon yeah. them up and <laughs> yeah, too much. Uh, from our buddy Alvy Cohen on on my Twitter, Scarecrow okay. and Mrs. King, Simon and Simon, Cagney and Lacey, Jake and the Fat Man. I, I wow. actually enjoyed Cagney and Lacey. That was a show that I enjoyed. Scarecrow and Mrs. King was pretty good, too. It was. That's that number was pretty two good. for me. Yeah. Um, I'll take Simon and Simon 3. And yeah. with all due respect, Jake and the Fat Man, he should have just had a heart attack and, and moved <laughs> on. From our buddy Matt Ryan on my Twitter page, rank these record-setting offenses that didn't win the Super Bowl. 83, Washington. 98, Minnesota. 07, New England. And uh, 2013, Denver. Well, give me that 07 New England team. That's the undefeated yeah. Randy Moss group. Give me that one. Give me the 14. No, sorry. They were 15 and 1, 98 Minnesota Vikings that lost to the yeah. 14 and 2 Atlanta Falcons in the NFC Championship, the championship. game. Give yep. me them number two. Give me 83. That's the fun bunch and all mm-hmm. of that with the with the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Give me them three and 2013 Denver Broncos number four. And then one more from our buddy J-Dub on Twitter. If I won the lottery, what am I buying first? 
a house, a car, an island, or a newsgirl? Well, I'm going newsgirl one. <laughs> I'm going newsgirl two. I'm going newsgirl three. And then I'll buy an island number four that we can all That you on. can all go to. Yeah. So I go newsgirl one, two, three. And then the and island. I can, I can even give you names if need be. I can, I can give you more specifics if you want on all of that. So. All, right, all right. Well, speaking of newsgirls, sport, oh, yeah. here we go. Sports newsgirls. Okay. Um, rank these four that you could watch and see watch mm-hmm. for years and years to come if they were to do it for years and years to come uh aaron andrews molly quorum carrie champion ashley brewer i will take molly uh Quirum one okay uh, Ashley Brewer. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of who she is. I'm She's the up. late, uh, the late um, Sports Center. She comes on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now I knew who. Uh, you said Ashley Brewer, Carrie Champion. Who was the other one? Aaron Andrews and then Molly. Yeah. All right, I'll take Aaron Andrews number two. I think she's better than some people give her credit yeah. for. I like Aaron Andrews. I'll take. I think Carrie Champion's really talented too. Give yeah. me her number three, and I'll take Ashley Brewer number four. Yeah, Ashley. She the, Ashley Brewer is really coming along for them. She, I mean, you know, again, she does kind of have the late night thing mm-hmm. there, but she like she's very good at yeah, it. Yeah, like, I've seen I've seen her. Um, by the way, from my Twitter page, uh-huh. uh, somebody told me um, a place that's worth really checking out. It's called My Fair Sweets. Hmm. Okay. It's on Northside Drive. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued sweets. by that. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued with trying something. He said that they have really good specialty um, milkshakes, and it's definitely worth a try. I'm gonna. Give I that wonder a shot. if that's the place I saw. It's on Northside Drive is that, where this is. That could be the place I saw. Like I said, I, I was you know scrolling on the gram over the weekend, and yep. I saw this big gigantic like milkshake, and I was like, what the heck is that? You and know, I, I know that I know this is probably not. We used to go to Friendly's oh, yeah. ice cream place uh-huh. for milkshakes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't even think they have those here in Atlanta, but it used to be that Friendly's was the place that we went to for okay. milkshakes and desserts and stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. You ready for the gram? Yep, this, go is gonna for be, it. this is going to take us up. out of here. I'm All right. Here we go. Up. At L U V C L O. Mm-hmm. Just love, love Chloe. Yep. I think her real name's Chloe or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Chloe Cluche or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, you got her? Yep. All right, at Asia, A-S-I-A, mm-hmm. Latoya, L-A-T-O-Y-A. Okay, Ms. A- I like how she goes by Ms. Asia. Mm-hmm. Ms. Asia. Okay, we got that. All right, and then at Lexi, L-E-X-I, and then E-L-E-N-I. L-E-N-I? Uh-huh. Uh, no, give me that again. L E X I E L E N I. Okay. All right. She's got a weird last name. P P L A Rockus or something yep. like that. Okay. All right. And then this last one, I personally like this last one. All She'd right. probably be my number one just because okay. I just like what she's got going on. Uh, Michelle, mm-hmm. pretty basic. Michelle, M I C H E L L E, Young. Y O U N G mm-hmm. one seven. Okay, yep, they have it here. Uh, let's see. I will do. You know, give me Chloe number one. Okay. Okay. Give me Michelle number two. Okay. 
Um, give me, give me Lexi three, right. and then mm-hmm. give me Miss Asia number four. Number four. All right, mm-hmm. there it is. There it is. I like the, uh, you know, the Michelle. She's you know that military thing she's got going on. Uh, somebody says on the text line that there is a friendly on Main Street. In I was going to say, I think I saw a friendly. Yeah, I think there might be a couple, but they're they're spaced out. They're they're, they're yeah, not within say, the perimeter. I don't remember seeing friendlies yeah, down here. Because I grew up perimeter. with them in Ohio, um, but I don't remember seeing them down here. But uh, they said up in Cartersville. Yeah. I like Cartersville. I, I like to go up to Cartersville. Yeah, I've been up there. Actually, yes, I Trevor Lawrence's senior year. I went up there to watch him play uh, in the ESPN mm-hmm. game that they were featured in that year. Actually, there's a lot. I mean, I we went a few months ago to the Booth Museum up there. Uh-huh. There's a lot of neat stuff up in yeah, the Yeah, there area. is. Have you been to the Savoy Museum up that way? Uh, no, I have not I, we, yet. I, I took my exactly, sons up. Yeah, I took my sons. I know sons. exactly where it is, but yep. um, we have not gone up there. I'm not... And I'm not saying I'm not going to go. It's just I'm not the biggest car guy in the world. Right. But I would like to go up there and see it. But I love the Booth Museum. I thought that was fantastic. So. Yeah, yeah. The Savoy was pretty cool. I, you know, cheap and, you know, I mean, it's a quick little go through, but it's something to do. All right. That's a rank for a Tuesday. Wrapping it up with a love TKO next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app.